Hello everyone. Welcome to Crew Room Conversations. I am your host Nitin Velde and I'm delighted to bring to you stories, anecdotes and experiences of some of the best air warriors of the Indian Air Force. So do stay tuned. Happy listening and Jai Hind. We are moving the nation and the nation counts on us. That's the beauty of the helicopter speed. Aapatsyo Mitra, which definitely means a friend in need. N.A.K. Brown had said, during the Uttarakhand floods, he said it very clearly. He said, our rotors will not stop till everybody is safe. Hello and welcome to Blue Room Conversations, a series where we invite guests from the Indian Air Force to share their experiences on various topics. I'm extremely delighted to have one such guest today. And when I decided to have the conversations around helicopter operations, undoubtedly the name that popped up in my mind was of a dear, dear friend of mine, Group Captain Anurag Kumar. Anurag has a great amount of experience in helicopter flying not only in a specific area of operation, but luckily for him, he's been able to see the entire spectrum of helicopter operations, starting with the training command, going on to become an inspector of the Indian Air Force, and also one of the most coveted assignments is to lead his unit into the Siachen operations. He was the commanding officer of a unit which undertakes operations in the Siachen Glacier. So I'm extremely delighted and pleased to introduce all of you to Anurag Kumar. Welcome to the show, Anurag. Hello, Nathan. Good morning, and it's been always great to interact with you. And yet another great platform that we have met today to talk on this topic. And the fact that you've chosen me is a rare honor. And I'm so privileged to be here with you today to discuss on this and educate everybody from whatever experiences we have in their life till now. Indian Air Force exists for one reason. That's to fight a war. And helicopter stream there exists as a queen of this battle. They are the foot soldiers. They are the front responder, they are the first responders. So they are always there on time, whether it's a, uh, or I'll, I'll take it from here to another aspect where it says helicopter saves lives. That's a civil aviation everywhere. That's a motto, helicopter save lives, including in Air Force. So if a air warrior or a soldier knows that there's somebody who's going to come and pick them up, they'll go full, full josh, full bore into the war. So they know somebody look after them, they'll get them back. That's one important part of it. Though that's not the only one I said. We are the first responder when I said that. The Air Force has got a strategic move to take out radars, to take out the enemy aspects of it. So helicopters out there create that, that tunnel for them to take out the initial radar, send in the commandos, knock out the initial part of it, air defense, and then let the fighters do the rest of the job. Or let the rest of the force come into that. Right. So the first responder works out very, very fine in the offensive role. That should be very clearly understood that the battle cannot be fought without the tactical intervention of the helicopters. Sure. Once that is understood, then the other roles which are there on a day-to-day -day war when I talk of it. The rains, the, the landslides, the earthquakes, everywhere. It's a war for the civil population. Yes. And we are the force of the nation. Yes. So therefore, you have to be ready to respond on this day-to-day -day wars which are happening. Absolutely. To save our own population. So therefore, when you say, when the rotors, the population will stay safe till the rotors are churning. Absolutely. And that, that paradigm, that thing should be understood that we are there to take on from search and rescue, flood relief, earthquake relief, uh, any government tasking, whether you want to move a missile for a launch to the launch station, the helicopters will take it up. You've seen the Chinooks capability. Election Excellent. commission. 
Absolutely. Everyone, I mean, you move the currency <laughs> from RBI from one to the remotest corner, it's a helicopter. So, yes. what else can we say that we are moving the nation and the nation counts on us? Of course. That's the beauty of the so, helicopter team. So, I, I remember, you know, uh, the classical conversation that I always have with a lot of friends. Uh, helicopter motto across Indian Air Force is Apatsu Mitram, which definitely means a friend in need. Absolutely. So, if you are stuck at a place, and I have been myself witness to Uttarakhand floods, the Bhuj earthquake, if you are stuck up in a place and the moment you hear the helicopter rotors, the kind of morale boosting that happens for any population is tremendous. And you know, here is where I want you to uh, maybe tell your experiences from what we call today's humanitarian and disaster relief. Because I know and you know it for sure that across India, whether it is Northeast or whether it is Bihar floods or the South India, whenever monsoons happen, all of us are on standby. And we are on standby two days, standby one day, and we are just ready to launch. So, in your experience of over 24 years in the helicopter fleet, what has been your uh, most uh, memorable experiences when you went to for these kind of missions? Scores of them. I'll put it like that. That, as I said, that this is one mission for which you are always ready. It's your day-to-day -day war. You are always on readiness. So, every unit CO, flight commander, every pilot is trained from the beginning. He's ingrained that you are to respond. Like it's like SAR, search and rescue helicopters. Every, whenever fighter flying is on, you are supposed to be airborne within the next 10 minutes. That's your SOP. So, it's the same way, the moment anything happens, you are getting the inputs and you are ready. I've got hordes of experiences to share in it, but specifically I can bring out wherein I got involved at a pretty early stage as a helicopter pilot, as a flight lieutenant, four years of service. Gujarat floods. Again, Gujarat uh, had that time, Narmada, Tapi were in spate. 1997 it was. Me had helicopter and it was uh, terrible floods all over. Surat was almost drowning. Everybody. So we had two helicopters out there, I was operating, uh, friend Garg was also there too. So we were doing our, our best to whatever provide succor to the population, dropping food packets and everything what is happening. And those were not the days of GPS and coordinates, neither mobile phones available. So that part is there. So we used to get the information from the DC that there is a population which is stuck, go there, do the thing. Somehow the ADC in Daman we were going for refueling, we were low on fuel that time. Daman was the only serviceable airport uh, in that area which was providing fuel, Coast Guard station. So we happened to be going there for refueling. Somehow they got information from some channel. We don't even know the not the mobile place. He close to the Narmada Dam, the gate. The person who's there, Mr. Patel, Sanjay Patel was his name, which, which I got, got to know from the newspaper articles later. He's stuck and he'll be washed up because Narmada is, uh, is rising very fast and he's in the he's operating. He's the one who's operating the sluice gates for operating the dam, and he'll be swept off very soon. All we knew is that it is a Narmada dam, uh, it's a check dam, then you go pick him up. So we did our own calculation from the what the fuel we had and took an estimate position, went to that place, searched around. Yes, in that deluge of water, in that spade, river in spade, we did find find out that gentleman who was uh, visibly afraid and, uh, uh, and I mean you can make out that he knows that he's going to die very soon. And there we reached on top of him and now we started hovering on top of him. Now it's a huge helicopter, 13-ton helicopter hovering on your, on your head. You don't know what's going to do. And then we lower a bucket. The gentleman will not come down. Then we had the gunner tell him that this is what it is. Indicate from, he sit down on it, we'll take you out. Right. All that. And we are, I mean, it's a deluge. It's a water all around you. You have no references. Very difficult situation. But we managed to pull him out. Fortunately, I don't know who was had the camera around that time or which was a local press around that time uh, covering it from the banks. But did manage to cover it. And it became kind of national news in, that, in those days. It was 19 September. So I didn't even realize that that's become a yeah. rational use. We yeah. did doing our job. And then suddenly I get a call. I mean, 
uh, in fact it was my dad my classmates called up from somewhere from delhi they found it is not the day the mobile when i called up they said hey you are on the hindustan times what's <laughs> okay. happened yeah it is the heading red flying angels rescue a man from drowning or Absolutely. something so yes so this is one experience which brought us that you have to be ready all the while and we need to react at a short notice amazing story sir one single survivor and the kind of apprehension fear that survivor goes through when he sees a 13 ton helicopter i can well imagine yes you do some kind of communication with that particular survivor trying to tell him to come up but uh, it takes a lot of guts so you got to maintain your patience at the same time a lot of crew coordination so uh, wonderful i think uh, experience on that front i also want to uh, you know ask you a specific area of uh, your career and uh, when i reached a particular leadership role which was actually the number 2 of a unit in jammu and kashmir i recollect you commanding a unit and the basic purpose or the basic task of that unit was to operate in the glacier yes and you had a tough uh, challenge at hand so could you share your experiences on two on on the the kind of uh, challenges that a unit faces when you operate in the glacier a uh, glacier is a very inhospitable terrain a very harsh weather i mean temperatures ranging you've seen it it's minus 40 minus 47 is what i have seen there reading on the aircraft instrument gauges minus 47 degrees we have seen it and the terrain of course so the altitude machines are running to the extreme more than the machines i think the human endurance which is running to the extreme so here i think there are two roles to it one is that as a commanding officer you got to own up everything and be there to lead them from the front you can't be sitting on a high pedestal saying that you go and do the job everybody is facing those safe rough weather it's minus when i say minus 20 degrees the technician is going to for servicing that aircraft his hands take a cold burn we we are of hot burns when you touch the cold metal skin the hands burn the skin peels off so it's a cold burn there you got to empathize with them you got to be with them to make them understand to make them get involved give them the importance right ownership has to be right from that i would say not only technician why talk of them why talk of pilots let's talk of the of the nc the one the the the, the safai wala the laskar who's giving you tea yes he has to get up at 4 in the morning at minus 30 degrees to prepare tea for you isn't his involvement more important very much important so it's a it's the ownership of he feels involved that he is going to serve the pilots the technicians prepare tea and food for them so that they can go and fight out the war for them sure so that's the kind of involvement you get to get from each one of them from the lowest person in the chain and he should feel important so i feel that everybody is important in the chain as a ceo that's an important part to keep the motivation high that you should feel that everyone each one is doing an important job for that the other part which comes with is the transparency and especially in when it's coming to this harsh terrain and harsh uh, weather operations where the risk are very high where the life and limb and is is a danger all the while so therefore the motivation has to be kept high but saying the persons are involved in it motivated towards it and uh, are being uh, all the while having an even spread okay. of duties very important part of it when i say that so i started few things when i say that to keep this going in the unit we had a very clear that we are going to go this month starting from first to the glacier Uh, there were complaints of people i mean every organization has its people that do, who do not want to go every organization whenever it's a tough task people want to uh, shirk away from that duty right so we created a thing like that that every section commander every head branch head the flight commander the technical officer the administrative guys will put on their list of people who have gone in the last 6 months and the number of days they spent in the glacier okay so everybody knew it for sure it's a transparent thing including my data is shown there on the slide right before going that this person has gone to the glacier for so many days okay and spent so many days in the base camp in the thois and whatever yeah. so it's very clear 
and now everybody if he is wanting to sham out or not either way his data is being flashed very nice so it's a very clear thing open and shut case everybody got to share the duty everybody is as important to me in the team to right. fight that war right i mean the people are ready to work and share that work if he knows that the other person is on equal load the okay. people start sure uh, wavering off if it is uh, any way either way so uh, the ownership comes there the empathy is very very important for any person in this leadership role that's right. what i would like to say i remember us having conversation sometime back when you mentioned that when you were commanding the helicopter training school and that is classically a place uh, in hyderabad wherein you have multiple assets a huge amount of pilot uh, strength and some kind of activity uh, happened uh, uh, the hudud cyclone if i'm not wrong oh yes that was uh, uh, unfortunate incident of the super cyclone hudud which came in october 14 it was in fact 10th of october somewhere around that uh, andhra pradesh andhra pradesh and we attended so i was told to go and attend a meeting in the evening and it was a level chaired by the chief minister with the chief secretary there so here it is me attending along with the chief secretary and they gave me the all contact number of the district commissioners that this cyclone is approaching and you got to be there they knew that this going to cause destruction yeah so the next day obviously the cyclone struck in the night as was, as was the rate it was approaching so here we had coordinated whatever we could from the district commissioners and all and as i must say that this is the level here i was interacting as a task force commander it was not me flying into it we spoke of an incident wherein i was actually involved in flying sure here it is the task force commander and this task force commander the amazing part is what i can tell you nitin is that in the helicopter team we could be a flight lieutenant as i was back then in 1997 sure or as a group captain or whichever task or, or position you apply you can be dealing directly with the district administration okay the other ones coordinating so this part gives you great exposure towards interacting yes. with people and yes. understanding empathizing with them so heavy work launch the next day and guess what from rajamundri the chief minister himself mr chandrababu naidu who wanted to travel in the night could not travel because the road was destroyed was on board here with the first helicopter traveling towards vishakhapatnam right on board with us So every reach the city is devastated, ravaged. It it is the cyclone has just flattened. The airport is destroyed, non-operational, no RT available, nothing. So all aircrafts, everybody needs some uh, air traffic control. It is destroyed. Poor navy itself is not on. It's it's a naval airfield, but the right. navy itself is down. Down. There everything is down. So every land there, make him show around that place. He assesses the damage, send him whatever first picture he has. Sure. And then we have to get that place operational. We had a one C seventeen carrying tons of milk packet. I mean, the population is at trouble. At trouble, yes. We got to help them out. Right. That's sir, you rising to the nation. Nation, the needs of the needs of the nation. So therefore, what has been ingrained to me, or or to us, I would say, as in the fleet. Yes. What you get to see, learn there as a flight lieutenant, as a flying officer onwards, is what you got to act at any time. So this is one day's notice. I'm there and thrust directly into the middle of this storm, literally trying to coordinate the activities, and we did whatever we could and. what uh, and in fact the third day the prime minister also came in for the briefing everything was found to be in order and of course the, the rescue part of it rescuing sure. the civilians and all that was done sure the relief of course is straight under straight that takes its time that takes its time and uh, you know what happens sir is in that typically in helicopters are first we are the first responders absolutely so i always have been saying this that whatever the nation wants if you want to drop food packets it's helicopters if you want to do aerial rescue it's helicopters absolutely. if you want to winch up somebody it's helicopters so we actually step up to the requirement of that particular day and here i am reminded of a very wonderful quote which previous air chief marshal uh, nak brown had said during the uttarakhand floods he said it very clearly he said our rotors will not stop till everybody is safe so when you hear the rotors noise coming up it's such a ray of hope to everybody who standed there Absolutely. and and that remains a, a very very you know a kind of a beacon of hope 
that the rotor hai iska matlab koi na koi mujhe bacha nahi aayega so that's great uh, kind of operations helicopters do one of the things that we commonly share sir and that's where our friendship actually started was that we did this instructors course together and after that you went at a certain place and i was in air force academy one thing that always intrigues me or i always find it uh, very very challenging is you agree with me that to teach flying is definitely challenging but i'm also wanting to understand from your perspective when a particular instructor used to say sir this is my cadet please check him out for his circuit approach and landing and launch him solo and now it is your decision whether that particular individual can fly the aeroplane by himself or herself and make it land safely how does it happen i mean what thoughts go through your mind a very difficult decision but i summarize it like that that the attitude will get you the altitude the person shows the right attitude the keenness to learn i will take the risk you have to take risk in life to move forward so you take the risk depending on the right attitude the, if the if the student is keen showing the right attitude you can take a risk with him then i trust my team again of the approach control pilots and all that that they'll be able to guide this person with the right attitude to land okay so there's a confidence in the individual with the right attitude for one right. and secondly the confidence in my team that or if i have got any doubt in that case then i don't leave it to my team then i go and take the responsibility myself i'll go and sit for that approach as approach control pilot to guide that guy whom i've sent solo right to land the first time so okay. i take the onus responsibility that time that i can handle it but i said the bottom line lies with the right training attitude being shown right i have a very short story to say about it sure. it's not the it, it's not about the final uh, for sending solo it is a different stage but tells you what kind of attitude and and the uh, person that i'm talking about army officer that time captain chaki training with us final test he was pretty awful i would say in flying as 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 i'd heard i was going to climb in the first time it was a final test the last which decide and he had a set of failures earlier a failure here now would have thrown him out of flying so he, his his career in flying is finished yes would have would have got finished had he failed this final test okay so i went for the final test and uh, i found yes he is a pretty stiff guy to fly but he had the right attitude he wanted to do it it can be any learning process is dependent not it's not a failure of the training it's a trainer too that is important part of it amazing so yeah. maybe the trainer is not able to put in the right word maybe it's not gelling so you separate it out and see it from that view point and i found that this guy's right attitude and let me take a chance send him through he went through and guess what 6 years later i get a anonymous number on my phone and those are mobile the region i got a call and it's it's now that time major chaki who tells me that sir i have called you to tell that i have stood first in the flying instructor school for the trust that you reposed in me so here is a man who would have been thrown out of aviation is the first number one qfi qualified flying instructor reaching the epitome of position just because i felt that he had you that So that's I think that's a combination of a teacher having a gut feel, yeah, with your experience, of with of course what the, the the cadet is displaying. So a lot of uh, I think a human connect is also required there. So Absolutely. yeah, amazing story. And you had a pretty long tenure as an instructor, and even in we've served together where we were trained the trainers kind of thing. Uh, as a commanding officer of helicopter training school, you've been kind of uh, at the apex of the university of helicopters, as I was to call. You are in a vice chancellor or a dean, so. when i'm asking you this question i want you to throw some light on the fact that when you were the, the commanding officer of the alma mater uh, specifically now as i remember you mentioning that you had certain lady officers who that time were only going to a specific type of helicopters but you initiated certain uh, processes by means of which they directly went to bigger helicopters so could you recollect one of those uh, incidences i put it like that that why should we differentiate at all that's where it thought came to me till now the the girl cadets were going into only single engine 
Chetak Cheetah fleet. I mean, if, if, if they are from the same stream, same background, same training, why differentiate there? I mean, it never occurred to me that they are any less. Right. In fact, I put it like that. I didn't go out of way to prove it. I had the best QFI in the nominated by this by the entire faculty and all that and the students nominating it. It was a lady officer. Right. Dipika Mishra. Okay. Then among that, one of the QFIs, Kushbu Gupta, landed up being the first QFI yes. operational captain in Glacier. Yes, yes. So if these ladies can do it, do all that and deliver in the harshest of terrain, why can't the cadets go? Right. Why don't you groom them from beginning? Okay. So they are doing perfectly well. I would say, why do you want to look? If I said the name, it's Conleder K Gupta, whether it is Keshav or Kushbu, how does it matter? Wonderful, yes. So that is the spirit that you go about it and just give them the task. They are equally good. Absolutely. I would say, why say equally good? They are as good as a male counterpart. Right. Why do we want to compare it? Right. So I have to just tie up few persons in air headquarters and friends here and there and just say them that they are equal. As far as I am concerned, just consider them same. Right. And they went into multi-engine. They are flying perfectly fine. She stood first in the in the, the girl whom we sit in there and just proving the point. That she is good, therefore she is doing well. Yes. The male-female does not matter. Sure. They will deliver. Anurag sir, if, if you were to uh, kind of give a mantra, because you had a fantastic career in the Air Force for 24 years before that, the NDA uh, tenure as such or your training. And if you were to tell a mantra for success to anybody across organizations, what would that be? I would say, why don't you create a brand for yourself? You are the brand. You're, it's 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 you who are known for that. So, and your name, your knowledge, your acumen spreads very fast. You're known. A any organization works on it. So I would put it, I draw inspirations from uh, one for that, for as a starting point, uh, when you're starting your career, it's Gyanen Siddhi, which is the motto of the helicopter training school, as we said. The, the, you reach glory through knowledge. Gyanena Siddhi. Gyanena Siddhi. It's okay. a Sanskrit word. Right. The logo of helicopter training school. Right. Wonderful. Conveys right from the trainee level point of view. From the ab initio starters, any career, any corporate, any organization you are in. Sure. Gyanena Siddhi holds up, is your meat. Right. You got to know your stuff. Okay. Then only you can progress. You can bluff your way only to a limit. Right. Right. So, have your thing. Know your, know your, know your uh, entire knowledgeable part of sure. it. Be knowledgeable. That's one part of it which I say. Next is, once you build up your brand, that you know, this is a knowledgeable guy, this can be depended upon and can take all the relevant risks which are involved. We're not talking of SOP as I discussed. Yes. The risks which are evaluated by the matrix. Matrix. Do it. That time, then you become the brand called, count on me, the Asmasu Vishwasar. Asmasu? Vishwasar. Asmasu Vishwasar. Okay. The 130 helicopter unit, the condor which I commanded, the okay. glacier unit. Very nice. The motto of that, Asmasu Vishwasar. Count on us. Count on when us. You say, this is a unit, when I say us means it's the entire unit, the yes. team. Yes. When I say I give a task to this unit X or this team A or B, the entire team works together and achieves the task. Hoja hai sahab. Hoga, kaam hona hai. Marathi mein bhi say honar manje honar means once you have given me that task, ho jayega. Ho jayega. Okay. Kaise bhi hoga. What else? That is it. Count on us. That is it. And thirdly, when you reach the organization as a senior post for the third place, which is the third place I am talking of, when you are reaching a supervisory level, you are the team leader, manager, Flight commander, technical officer, whatever position of leadership that leadership, you occupy, yeah. then knowledge multiplies when disseminated. That is the motto of Flying Instructor School. Vidya Danena Vardhana. Exactly, <laughs> that's what it is. So these three organizations, the Lovely. wonderful organizations, are delivering the messages for the for any organization, any task. Right. You become so don't keep it to yourself. Yes. They, you will only learn from others also all the while. Sure. Keep spreading. Right. And the organization will grow. That's what everybody wants. Amazing thought. Exactly. That's what it is, is the summary of the thing. And of course, for a, for a position that it is, I think I have to borrow from what you have summarized in your C core. <laughs> the communication, <laughs> yeah, conviction, right, right. ownership and empathy. 
and that that is your no. formula that if i apply yeah, if so you own up that then everything is done sure so you know beautiful summary sir of a career of a young person yeah gyanena siddhi asmasu vishwas sir count on us and in the last one you said is uh, vidya dhyanena vardhate so i think at three different levels uh, you just mentioned and you just heard anurag saying that if you want to develop a good career if you want to be successful in careers across the spectrum you must first get your good knowledge thereafter as a team you must be able to deliver what is expected and of course when you reach a leadership position you must disseminate the knowledge that you have so that the knowledge will you know revolve around and come back to you because when you make people and when you give people a lot of knowledge and uh, various ways of working or automatically you feel fulfilled and the organization also can achieve great heights so that is all sir thank you so much for being here today and ladies and gentlemen this was uh, rook captain anurag kumar who was with us on crew room conversations i hope to see you for some wonderful conversations till then thank you and jai hind